morning, everyone. Welcome to Vision Sunday. We're going to be talking about our vision uh, for the church. Isn't that exciting? Just smile yeah. while you're giving. Just smile, smile, and loosen up and uh, sow your seed. Amen. Hold your Bible real high. We're going to get into it. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Nantlanje, I'll learn from God's word and my life will be changed because faith comes by hearing and hearing by, by the word of God. Amen. Let's go now to Habakkuk or Habakkuk, depending on where you're from. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 2. Someone's like, Habakkuk, pastor, what's it? is that in the Bible? <laughs> Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 2. Is that Rura? Good to see you. Welcome back. She travels the world just handling her business. Amen. It's good to see you. Man, I'm always seeing pictures in Miami, and I'm like, man. I need, I need a job like hers. <laughs> Amen. In fact, did she say you can put fuel in Pastor Tate's car if there's a sick person? Yeah. I know someone sick in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need prayer. <laughs> Amen. Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Watch what it says. And the Lord answered me, answered Habakkuk, and said, Write the vision. Let's read those three words together. Write the vision. Notice God didn't say, write a vision. Because it's a specific vision, T-H-E. He says, write the vision. And also notice, God didn't say, write the visions, plural. He said, write the vision, singular. Amen? Do you see it? He didn't say write the visions because he wants you to be united on one vision. And this is why we do Vision Sunday. This is our third uh, Vision Sunday. Our first one was in our home when we launched the church on the 30th of uh, November 2014. I remember praying uh, on Monday, the 24th of November to God and just asking him what he wanted us to do with our lives, my wife and I. And God told us to plant a church. This was our first meeting. There were about 18 present. And today we have an opportunity to minister to over 200 weekly. So evidently you should not despise the days of small beginnings. Amen. When God gives you a vision, it usually comes in seed form, but it grows and it multiplies. Amen. So I remember God giving us this vision. And it's a vision that he wants us to rally behind. Singular vision, not visions. You know why? Because Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. In other words, if you have too many visions going on in your house, even your own personal house, if the wife is doing anything, the husband is doing her own thing, and the children are doing their own little, Jesus declares that that house will not stand. He didn't say there's a high chance, it, you know, it's not going to succeed. He said it's not going to stand. Yeah. Amen? And this is why we do this annually. So this is our third one as we get ready to uh, celebrate our third 
birthday. Amen? So the man said, write the. Someone say the. the. It's a specific vision. He says, write the vision down. Make it plain. Make it easy to understand. You know, I was sharing in the early service, and I was saying, man, if you were in the motor industry, you have about 50 years uh, engineering experience, and you came up with an idea of a one big bad engine, about 10 liter engine, 24 valve. You come up with that thing, man, can you see it? I know Aubrey and, and, and uh, Simeon can see it. You're like, man, we see that thing, man. Bring it on faster. A bad engine. That would do about 100 kilometers in 1.5 seconds. Just put your foot on that thing, man, 100 Ks per hour. Now, if you take that, I'm going to ask Pastor Trevor here because he understands business propositions. Now, if I took that idea to Elon Musk, any of you have ever heard of Tesla? Yeah. Heard of, if I took that to Elon Musk and I said, man, this is my grand idea, what do you think Elon Musk will say to me? He also does cars. But what do you think his response will be to me? It's like, man, we do cars, but not those cars. We do electric cars over here. Amen? Not four-stroke engine cars. But is it a nice engine? Man, it's a nice engine. They just happen to do electric cars. That's the power of the vision. The power of the vision is to realize that while you're doing many things, it must not be at the expense of the one thing you are called to Amen. do. Man, you can do so many things, but God has a specific vision, singular, for you. Just like he has a specific vision, singular, for this local church. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be unpacking today. Amen? Why do we teach about vision? Let us also go to Proverbs chapter number 29, verse 18. So he says, write it down on tablets. Man, he was already talking about iPads and things like that in the Old Testament. Man, he says, write it on that tablet so that he may run, he that reads it, so that it may stir up a passion for the vision. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Watch what it says in Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, what happens? So, Jesus also spoke of a parable where a man without a vision is likened to a man who is blind. And he went on to ask this question. He says, can a man who is blind lead other men? And I want to ask you the same question today. Can a blind man lead another, man, another blind man? No. no, Jesus said yes. <laughs> Jesus said, can a blind man lead another blind man? They said no. Jesus said yes, but they will fall into a ditch. Yep. <laughs> Amen. So a blind man can lead another blind man, but man, their end is destruction. So here he says, when there is no vision, what happens? The people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now I want you to see the same verse in the uh, ESV, in the English Standard Version. Watch what it says. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So in other words, where there is no vision, people become indisciplined or undisciplined. People do all kinds of stuff. They cast off restraint. There are no limits. Anything goes. Amen? But when there is a vision, people are disciplined to follow the vision. And when you uh, miss the course, there is what is called course correction. 
When they wanted to go to the moon, they had about a thousand course corrections just to get to the moon. Every four minutes, they would correct the course. The vision was to get the moon, but there were plenty course corrections. Amen? So that they could focus and zero in on the vision. Now, this is what God has called us to do. I remember praying on the 24th of November, 2014, at about 1.30 a.m., and God gave me these three words. He said, make it plain. Make it simple to understand. And the vision was simply teach my word, which will produce transformation and tell those people who have been transformed to engage. And that's what we've uh, uh, attempted to do since the 30th of November up until today. And it's funny because every testimony that I hear is the word transformation. Every testimony that I hear in this church, with the exception of a few, maybe, but most of them. Pastor T, I came, my finances were a mess, but that has changed. I came, my marriage was a mess, but that has changed. I came, my health was a mess, but that has changed. Why? Because God has called us to teach the word that will bring about a transformation, a change. I mean, we could be doing a lot of things. We could be making people drink petrol for juice. We could be making people eat grass. But it so happened that God called us to only do three things. Teach the word, get transformation, and engage. That's what God has called us to do. So I was saying in the early service, this is what we're going to be doing come 2018. A lot of people come to me in January. And in January, we usually have our faith week where we get together and pray and so on and so forth. And people come to me and they say, Pastor T, so what is the theme for this year? Expecting me to come up with something clever, like the year of supernatural or something. And I always tell the man, the theme is the same, word, transform, engage. 2019, word, transform, engage. 2027, word, transform. Man, it's working. People's lives are being changed and we're going to be doing it until God says, stop, I don't need it anymore. But as for now, he says, keep going and we're going to keep going. Why do we teach the word? Next slide. We teach the word because the word is the foundation for everything that we do. Amen? Revelation knowledge is the power that is, uh, God has given to live a transformed life. You have to catch it in the spirit. You have to understand it. And it comes through hearing the word. The Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 130, the entrance of his word brings light. Amen? And it gives understanding to the simple. In other words, it gives understanding to the simpletons. You know what a simpleton is? A person who's retarded. There is hope for you. (laughs) If we teach the word. Amen? You could be financially retarded. Man, I don't understand the Bible. But when you come here, we believe Psalm 119, verse 130, the entrance as the word of God penetrates, as it goes into your heart and breaks out of the shell, light shoots and begins to create new pathways and break old habits. Because what it is, the reason why you keep going back to do the same old, same old, is because they are patterns. But when the word of God gets in, it creates new pathways of thinking that will create kingdom habits. Just can't help it, but I see myself prosper. Just can't help it, but I see myself walking in divine health. Just can't help it. Why? Because of the word. Amen. So everything we do is centered around the word. Word. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says he holds all things by the word of his power. Other translation says by the power of his word. Yeah. So at the center of everything is God's word. 
the reason why the earth orbits around the sun at the right speed and in the right distance is because of God's word. Did, did you know that if we moved one inch closer, it would be a catastrophe? One inch away, we all freeze to death. So what keeps it rotating at the right speed with the right distance? It's the spoken word of God. Now, if the spoken word of God can keep the universe together, I believe it can get your life fixed. Amen. And this is why we stick with the word. Because we believe in the supremacy of God's word. Because God's word is powerful. The Bible says it is quick. That word quick doesn't mean fast. It means alive. It says the word of God is alive and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder of spirit and soul, born and marrow. And it is the descent of men's thoughts and the intents of the hearts. That's Hebrews 4.12. That's how powerful God's word is. And that's what you need to sow into your heart if you're going to see some transformation. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. So the foundation is God's word. That will bring about a transformation. That's the next word. So if someone asks you, uh, what's the vision for Faith Hill Church? Three words. Word, transform, engage. It says transformation. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye what? Transformed or changed. How? By the renewing of your mind, by changing the way you think, so that you may prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. If you want to live in the will of God for your life, for your marriage, for your finances, you're going to have to change the way you think. You're going to have to start thinking in line with God's word. And after you've been fully formed, after you've received the word, after you start seeing some transformation, what then? What does a fully formed faith healer looks like? Man, we're going to be planting churches all over the world. We're planting in Bramfontein. We're planting in uh, Durban. Man, it's going to be the same old, same old game. Word, transform, engage. Amen. In Canada, I know some of our leaders are relocating. We're going to be planting in Amen. Canada, baby. Amen. And then they might just invite me to be the senior pastor. Hallelujah, I receive it. Thank you. We're going to be doing the same thing. Teach the word, get people transformed, and get them to engage. And guess what? We're going to be seeing the same results. Poor people, start making it in life. Sick people, start receiving healing and walk in divine health. Stressed people start tapping into the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. How? Same formula. Because that's what God has called us to do. Yeah. Well, Pastor T, but there's this new fad, this new thing that they're doing. You know, you start prophesying cell phone numbers. Oh, that's good. Praise the Lord. We pray for them. They can do it over there. Over here, we've been called to make electric cars, right? We've been yeah. called to teach the word, yeah. get transformation. <laughs> Man, there's going to be a lot of course correction. Yeah. Even for me, the pastor, sometimes I have to look at my sermon and I'm like, is this part of the vision? Is this the word? Is this going to bring transformation? Is this going to get someone to engage? And if it's not, I mean, the Apostle Paul said, man, my calling is to teach the gospel to a specific group of people, the Gentiles. What about the Jews, Paul? It just so happened that the one who employs people gave me this vision. And if I'm going to impress him, 
I need to do what he has called me to do. Yeah. Did you think it was a good idea for Paul to teach the Jews too? It just so happened it wasn't part of the assignment. And this is why Paul could say right at the end, as the curtains came down on his ministry, I have run the race. Notice he didn't say I have run a race. He says I have run the race. The one that God has called me to. And as a local church, we want to run the race. So I know we're going to get a lot of people that have been to a lot of churches and so on and so forth. And this is why we do it annually so we can bring everyone to alignment. Man, I love churches. I love the churches in our city, but we're called to do something different. Pastor T, you know, that's not how we used to do it at my old church. Well, if that was working at your old church, you probably wouldn't be here. Okay, moving right along. What do you do after you've been fully formed? You engage. Amen? You engage. And what does it mean to engage? The first thing you're going to, a fully formed faith healer will do is to serve others. The first thing you're going to realize is it's not about you. It's about ministering to other people. What does the Bible say in 1 Peter chapter number 4 verse 10? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter number 4 verse 10. 1 Peter chapter number 4 verse 10. Watch what it says. It says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That word minister is also translated serve. Serve one another with the gifts that God has given you. And I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. Faith Hill Church, the local church, is not a cruise ship. It's a warship. All hands on deck. The difference between a cruise ship is you go on a cruise ship to be served. You go on a battleship to wage war and do something. So if you, my responsibility is to just get that hook onto the jet, it's important. You know why? Because if I don't hook that jet, when the waves come, that thing is going to slip into the ocean. It may be a small, man, your job, what do you do? I just get the hook and connect it to the wheels of the jet so that it can be anchored on the warship. That's my job. And guess what? When I stop doing my job, it doesn't matter how qualified the Air, uh, Air Force pilot is. He's not going to have anything to fly on. This is why we believe every single one of us in here have been called to do something. And this is a place for you to flourish. And you know what? What God has called you may not be even a part of what we've listed as the departments. But guess what? You have the liberty to call the church office and say, man, I'm called to do social media. In fact, we had one person join the church and say, man, I'm called to do social media. I understand social media. Went to the church office and they hooked up a conference for them to teach people how to use social media, business people, and so on and so forth. What did she do? She put her fingerprint on the vision. Yeah. Amen. Man, you just don't want to come to church and, you know, people forget about you. Man, you want to come to church, be a part of what's going on, that if, when you don't show up, people feel like, man, we, man, he was a great soldier in this place. We want it. We want it. We want you to start serving one another because that's what God has called each and every one of us to do. Amen? Amen. Let's go back to the slide. What's the next thing we do? Today is our communion Sunday, so I have to rush through this. Second thing is discipleship. 
God has called us to disciple. Remember, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say go into all the world and pass around flyers. I knew I wasn't going to get an amen. <laughs> How many of you know that evangelism is not passing around flyers at four ways? <laughs> passing around flyers is passing around flyers. Evangelism is discipleship. And it takes a commitment. It takes building a relationship. Jesus wanted to disciple 12 boys. And he enrolled them into a university of relationship. He said, man, we're going to spend time together. While I deposit this thing to you. And you're going to learn from watching me. So there is a, a demand on your life if you're going to take on this role to be a discipler. That's why we say it comes after transformation. Because if you don't have it together, you have no business trying to disciple someone else. Because you know what they're going to say? Your words are cool, but your actions are louder. In fact, that's what happened. We went to a youth camp. And this one guy got up to preach, and he was preaching fire, man. And this one lady just lifted up her hand, sitting at the back. She said, man, your words are cool, but your actions, man, we know you too much. Your actions are distracting. People are like, whoa, 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 man, whoa. So, man, you can't preach. You're preaching good, but, man, your life is preaching louder. What's discipleship? Discipleship is making a commitment that says, I'll hold your hand, and I'm going to help you fix your problems. And get you to mature while you're going through what you're going through. That's what discipleship. Well, passing out fire flyers is easier. Because there's no commitment. There's no demand. What are you doing? I'm evangelizing. In fact, most people, when I talk to them and ask them what their idea of evangelism is, I'm appalled. Let's go for evangelism. No, that's not evangelism. That's passing out flyers. Discipleship, evangelism, is where you establish a relationship. It took Peter... Three and a half years to qualify as a disciple. The man who walked on water. And to stay with Jesus for about three. The apostle Paul receives a revelation that he needed to be a disciple on his road to Damascus. Instantly he went on to spend time with the Lord in the desert and also with the council of the apostles to learn and discuss the doctrine so he could be discipled. Discipleship has everything to do with relationship. And this is why in this church, our way of discipleship is you need to join a life group with the objective of you leading one. That's the vision of you connecting with other people that don't look like you. It's not just a Thursday thing we do because it's cool. It's part of the vision. Amen? So that you can be discipled and also get an opportunity to open your home and start discipling others. What does that mean? That means now you are a part of the Great Commission. We want the Great Commission to be the Great Commission, not the Great Omission. You want to participate in discipling others. Hallelujah! Do you realize that Jesus, there's only one place in the whole Bible, in the New Testament at least, where it says wait. Everywhere else it says go. Because it's a kingdom on a mission to go somewhere. We had our lunch uh, at the church office on Friday, our team lunch with uh, some of the people who work at the church office. And as we were, you know, relaxing, just talking, someone said, hey, Pastor T, uh, I believe our life group is the best life group in the whole church. And I was like, why? 
They were like, because all of us have been together consistently since 2014. I said, man, that makes you guys one of the weakest life groups I've ever heard of. <laughs> they said, why? I said, have you heard of that scripture that says, by now you ought to be teachers? He says, that's where it applies. I would have said you are a success if all of you were now leading other people in discipleship. Because it's been three and a half years already. But guess what? It feels good to be a part of this clique. Okay, all right. That, that, one, didn't, that, that one didn't go over so well. That one didn't go over so well. But how many of you realize it's a kingdom? Advancing. It's not a clique. Wow, this feels good. Guess what? We're going to be taking people from this place, launching them out in other... Are we going to miss them? We are going to miss them. But guess what? The mission is more important than just holding hands and having bry every now and again. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man, when we get to heaven, I want the master to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because all of us will have done something to extend and advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Missions. That's also part of what God has called us to do. Uh, we send people to, we send Bruce to Pakistan, send people to the U.S. as missionaries. Trust me, while they were enjoying Hollywood, they did a lot of damage to the kingdom of darkness. Because a lot of people came to them and asked them, Man, how do you get so free in church? How do you lift up your hands? How do you sing with passion? How do you do all of that? And they got an opportunity to disciple and minister the gospel yeah. to other people as missionaries. That's good. That's awesome. And that's what God has called us to do, to be involved in missions. And part of the mission that God has called us to is to plant churches. Yeah. It is not to have one mega church yep. where everyone comes together. Man, it feels good. If we could have a thousand people in one place just worshiping together, man, it's going to be a big, awesome thing. It just happens not to be a part of what God has instructed us to do. And we bless those that are doing it. But it just happens that we have a different course to run. And we want to run in that course. Make sense? And that's, where, that's why we do what we do. And this is the reason why we do this once every year. It is so we can bring all our efforts back to alignment. How do you engage with the vision? A fully formed faith healer also gives towards the vision. Just like uh, Sister Rachel read in Matthew 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, what else is going to be there? I didn't hear it. Pastor T, you know, my heart is in this vision. You know how you can prove that to yourself? Check where your treasure is. You know what your treasure is? It's your money. Yeah. Mucho dinero and your calendar. Yeah. Those two things will tell you where your heart is. Yeah. Man, if all your mucho is in your golf clubs and all your time is on the golf course... You may be in church on Sunday, but we know your heart is in Kwarakwara. <laughs> and when your children get that Kwarakwara and break it, you know what else they've broken? <laughs> Man, have you ever seen people whose golf clubs? Man, you can't touch that golf club. 
You know why? Because that's where his heart is. And one day he comes back from work and the kids are playing in the grass. He's like... Amen? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Also, in part of engaging, you worship together as a family. This is why our weekly meetings are important. Amen? So in a nutshell, this is what God has called us to do. 2018, we're going to be doing three things. Can we all say it together? Words, transform, and engage. 2027, words, transform, and engage. So next year, I'm trusting God that no one will come and ask me, Pastor, what is 2018 the year of? I'm believing God for a miracle. Because it's been happening since the beginning. I'm, be- I'm believing God that we all catch it. Amen? So if we go to the U.S. and we plant a church in Texas, what are we going to be doing? Words, transform, engage. That's what we're going to be doing. Man. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. He has called us to teach the word that will bring about a transformation. I was saying in the early church, it's funny, almost every testimony that I've heard from this church has to do with my life has changed, my life has transformed. Almost every testimony. And I don't believe it's by accident. I believe it's a product of what God has called us to do. 2018 and beyond, what are we going to be doing? We are going to be thinking big and dreaming big. The beginning of the year, uh, we went before God with the elders, and we said, you know what? We want to start raising money for the building fund. And, the, and at the time, we had a few ten thousands in the church account, probably 40, 50-something thousand. And we said to God, you know what, God? We're trusting you, God, to be specific for 570000 in our building fund. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous figure. But we placed it before God. Why 570, Pastor T? Because that's all we could believe for at the time. I know some of you are thinking, why didn't you go for the billion dollar flow? We'll get there. But man, we, we, this is what we could believe for. Amen. He says, man, let, you, let everyone minister according to their measure of faith. I'm being honest with you. I know some of you are super spiritual. You could have gone for 10 million in one month. I receive. But no, we started with 570. And Pastor Trevor told us in August that we had finally met that budget eight months earlier. And we said, man, next year we want to double it. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor T, why don't you quadruple it? Well, our faith is on the double, double. (laughs) This is all we can believe God for. I know some of you have greater faith and so on. But man, for us, we're thinking, man, 1.2 million. Man, let's stretch our faith to the next level. And next year, the year beyond, we'll stretch our faith to the next level. And guess what? As we extend our faith and expand our faith and apply our faith, I believe God is going to meet us where we believe. Jesus said, be unto you according to your faith. And at this level, this is what we believe in God for. I mean, he's already surpassed our our expectations, and I believe you will. Uh, this year, Pastor Trevor gave us a report at the eldership meeting. He said we may close the year at 750 in the building fund. Amen. And for us, that's like, thank you, Jesus. We, we, I mean, wow. That's crazy. Because I remember announcing that that's what we were expecting God to do for us, and someone coming to me and said, Pastor, have you counted the people? 
because they were counting people. They're like five seventy divided by. At the time, I think they were about there were about thirty five of us. Five hundred seventy thousand divided by one, two, three, four, five. Ah. And this is why we don't count the people. Amen. We just we just think, man, we can do this. We can believe for this, and we go for it, and God does it for us. Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Was that good? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray for the vision. I want to invite you just to pray whatever you caught, wherever you feel you are called to be a part of the vision. Some of you are called to plant churches all over the world. Some of you are called to just serve administrative-wise. Some of you are are great organizers. Some of you are, are, are called to prophesy. Some of you are called to just, you know, uh, uh, start a live group, attend one. Some of you are called to invite people, disciple people. Some of you are called to serve. Wherever God is showing you right now, I just want you to begin to pray to God as you receive that assignment. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the vision you have given this local church, these group of people father we thank you we do not take it for granted and lord we thank you that this vision will not tarry it will come to pass just as you say to habakkuk that though the vision may look like it's taking long wait for it be patient be consistent in believing and it will surely come to pass Father, we thank you that this vision will surely come to pass, that lives will be changed, communities will be transformed by the power of faith, by the power of your word. Father, we thank you for Bramfontein, Faith Your Church. We thank you, Lord, for provision. We thank you for open doors in that community. We thank you for a greater measure of anointing in that community with the leaders, with Pastor Tate and Pastor Valesa. We pray for them, bring them before you right now and call them blessed, call them anointed to do the work that you have called them to do in that area. We pray for Denzel and Vilo right now. We pray for Durban. We pray open doors of opportunity. Even as you said in Acts 18 verse 10 that you have many people in these cities. We pray that you may connect the right people to the vision. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Father we thank you. We thank you for provision over this vision. Thank you, Lord. Lembro nege zibro kosia. Thank you, Jesus. Many will come encounter the word of God, the bread in the house, even their physical countenance will begin to show a transformation. 
their outlook on life will begin to show a transformation. They will go back to their communities, to their families, and their families will say, wait, wait, wait when did this happen? What has happened to you? And they will say, come on, let me show you where a place where I got some food for my soul, a place where I got some bread that brings nourishment and transformation. And this will happen in every faithful church. Every city that God calls us. Transformation. Change lives. Change lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you open the microphone? Hallelujah. As we were praying, I just sensed the Holy Spirit saying to Faith Hill, it's time for you to move to the next level. It's time for you to stretch your nets wide. That the vision should continue to grow. Because the Lord is saying, I'm with you. I started with you. And I'll continue to walk with you. Yes, Says wherever you put your foot to, I'll give it to you. Yes, Lord. Says do not be afraid. Do not hold back. Keep on moving forward. Yes, Says I'll begin to magnify your name. Yes, Lord. And your name shall be great. Yes, Lord. Kings will come to your rising. Yes, Lord. The Gentiles to your rising. Yes, Lord. Says the world is yours. I gave you before the beginning yes, of time. Says those that tarry will partner with the vision shall grow strong yes, yes, in everything yes. that concerns their life. Says you are at the right place at the right time. Says no man will be able to come against yes, you because you are walking in the light and you walk during the day. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for that word and we receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We put 2018 into your hands right now. It is done. It is done. It is done. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we praise God and we receive these words. Amen? It's the next level. We believe it. We believe it. Man, I'm telling you, if you don't believe it, you hide and watch. Man, you can hide on a little corner and just watch us take over and take ground and do the same thing that God has called us to do. Amen? Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by... You're going to have to dream big and think big. Amen?
We love you. God bless you greatly. Or 30 people. And tell them you love them. Thank you, Jesus.